Hello and welcome back to the Retired Not Dead Podcast. My name is Angelo Quibelli. And today's Season 1, Episode 42, A Sad State of Affairs. Not only is it a sad state of affairs, it's a sad nation of affairs. I'm driving through Virginia right now. And, you know, I've been thinking about the last, actually a few months, but more so the last couple of days, and it's been weighing heavily on me. I, I am so sad and dismayed and just a, a whole plethora of emotions because of what's been going on in the last few months with COVID-19, with George Floyd, the George Floyd incident. And it's it's just gotten to the point where it's it's really weighing heavy on me. Because I, you know, I, I, I just turned 58 years old the other day, so I didn't really, I didn't grow, you know, I didn't grow up, I didn't live through the Vietnam area. I was too young for that, you know. I was, I wasn't even born during the Great Depression, although my father was. You know, I, I went, what, what did I live through? A few stock market crashes that really didn't affect me, a real estate bubble bursting that did affect me, but you know, nothing traumatic, right? Like what we have today, and it, and, and I'm so scared. And again, dismayed and all these other emotions about what I'm seeing now because I've never seen this before. And, I, and I'm, you know, a little distraught over it. And I, because I, you know why? Because I don't see, I don't see it getting better, right? So let's talk about the two, let's talk about one, the first issue. The, uh, you know, the George Floyd thing, which I did mention before. But what, what really, what really scares me is the anger that, that, you know, American the American public has been festering for years, and I understand it, right, due to, you know, due to police, you know, situations for years, police brutality, police uh, corruption, uh, bad policing, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's, it, I, I get it. it, it's been festering for years, you know, mainly throughout the, the black and Hispanic communities, uh, or Mexican-American communities, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, particular community in certain cities that where there's more police activity because I mean that's really the the issue is that where is there more police activity right because there is you know there is no black lives matter that's not an issue it's never been an issue because it's because it's not a black thing it's not a white cops kill black guys issue because that that's a that those are isolated events it's not even you know, black, uh, white cops treating, you know, black individuals poorly, you know, specifically being targeted. That's not the issue. The issue is bad policing, police corruption. The, the issue is police reform. That's the issue. And what scares me is that, and you know what, no change of president's going to change anything. Because first of all, the president has got nothing to do with this. And that's why, honestly, I'll admit, I think Joe Biden's a moron for two reasons. Number one, because yeah, I remember during the George Floyd thing, like a week or two into it, he said something stupid like, uh, well, can't the police just, you know, train how to shoot somebody in the lake? You know, and if any, I mean, obviously cops understand you, that that's the stupidest thing because if you have to, if you're going to, if you're going to shoot somebody, you're shooting somebody to stop somebody, not to kill, obviously, to stop. And you have to shoot them center mass. And if they have a vest on, you have to go above and below, above or below. And that's going to be what, a headshot or a groin shot. So... Shooting somebody in the leg, is that's the stupidest thing. And the second stupid thing he said was, I think two weeks after that, he was on the cover of, of a local newspaper in my area, and, and he said something like, he's, you know, if he gets elected president, he's going to make police his, policing his, his, his first priority, which he can't. It's a not a presidential matter. It's not a federal matter. If, you know, if the government wants to send federal agents in or federal policing, God bless them. It's irrelevant. 
because because policing is a state matter it's a local government matter it always was it always will be so politics is not going to change police reform the police departments have to change and again i'm glad they're getting punched in the face right now now i said this the other day because they sat on arrest for decades letting this happen these incidents happen at their fault at their at their lack of, of of attention to the matters that were in front of them and they allowed this this anger fester within the communities so it's absolutely their fault and uh and I'm glad they're getting punched in the face. But even if departments change, what's really going to change? I mean, yeah, they have to, the issue is they have to monitor police officers. So, yeah, that could change. That could avoid some of the incidents from happening again. But we've already, the damage has already been done. How are you going to change what's in people's hearts? How are you going to, how are you going to quell that anger that people have? And it's understandable. And these other things that are going on, is, is, in my opinion, is, is the stupidest shit. Like the NBA getting involved in Black Lives Matter and LeBron James, that moron, and all this. And then today on the news, they had, I think it was a baseball team. I don't even know. It was one of the local teams in New York. And these six idiots were up there on, on the podium, standing next to each other with their masks down by their necks, these idiots. You know, they had a Spanish guy, the black guy, the white guy, and the white guy, the token white guy, had to say, uh, you know, as a white ball player, I, you know, I, 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 I have to support my black teammate. No, you don't. Why? Nothing's going to happen to him. If he drives through Harlem on 125th Street and acts like a dick in front of the Apollo Theater and the cop stops him and he, and he you know, he reaches for something in his car, doesn't comply, they're going to light him up, and rightly so. Right a few days ago, um, a black guy, I don't know what state or what city, he, was, he had a knife in his hand. I'm sure the call came over, man with a knife. Male, black, white t-shirt, blue jeans, that's how they always are, right? They see the guy, male, black, white t-shirt, blue jeans, walking in the vicinity of a gas station. He's got a knife. Maybe some people in the area are screaming. I don't know. Four or five cops are on him, or state troopers. The guy's literally walking towards the gas station, towards a convenience store of the gas station. He's, it looks like he's not stopping for nothing. I saw the video. They're begging him, they're yelling at him, begging him to stop, stop, stop. He wouldn't stop. They actually, as he gets on, you know, you know how sometimes there's a ledge, you step up to to get to the convenience portion of it, you know, from the gas pumps. The guy's already on the ledge by the front door. He's not complying. I think one or two cops try to light him up with their taser guns, and and either he doesn't respond because some people don't, or it, it malfunctioned. I don't know what the actual issue was. Now he's got his hand on the door. He's going in. He's got a knife. You don't even need to see how many people are in that store. Just the fact that you know he's going into an open business with a knife, he gets lit up. Rightly so. Absolutely rightly so. Clean shoot. And everyone's like, oh, why they got to do that? Why the cops got to do that? It's, that, it's that, that ignorant anger by the general public and that ignorant stupidity that's going to make things worse, not better. Right, so to to that white ball player, I don't know who was the moron. If you're worried about your black teammate, make sure he doesn't go into a gas station convenience store with a knife. If he's going to his home in the suburbs or his hotel, he should be good. All right, so don't pat yourself on the back, the great white hope that you think you are. You know, and LeBron James, the other moron, 
These guys don't know what they're talking about. There is no Black Lives Matter issue. They're not, no, blacks are not being targeted. There is no issue. The issue is bad policing, police corruption, police brutality, whatever you want to call it. That's the issue. So stop stop with your bandwagon. You're just taking away from it. You, you, you're not even drawing attention. You're, well, you are. You're drawing attention to an issue that doesn't exist. You're creating an issue. And listen, I'll be the first to tell you, as a, as a retired law enforcement guy with 23 years, I'll be the first to tell you, I didn't, I told you, I said this before, I didn't, ever, I didn't even agree when Blue Lives Matter became an issue, because in my opinion, that wasn't an issue either. That's not an issue. That's just a part of the job. Yeah, and if some guys want to go on a spree and kill cops, that is the part of the job. It's always been. It's nothing new. It's not something, it's not a, it's not a new craze, craze, killing cops. It just happens sporadically. That's part of the job. So there is no Blue Lives Matter issue. I was disappointed when that happened. And then it's certainly not a Black Lives Matter issue. And for the black people that think there's an issue, they're just ignorant and stupid in my opinion. And for the white liberals that want to jump, for the white, for the white guilt liberals that just want to jump on that Black Lives Matter bandwagon, they're fooling themselves too. It's not an issue. But the serious thing is, what can we do about the sentiment? That's the issue. The anger, and rightly so, the anger that's out there. Something's got to be done about that, and I don't, I don't know what. Because, again, it's not political. Presidents can't, a president can't do anything about it. And police departments can only do so much about that, which they need to. And maybe over time, you know, I don't, like community policing won't even help this situation. It's so bad. You know, you can send in the National Guard. That's not going to help. You can send in state troopers. Federal police is not going to help. You can send in the military. And that's not going to help. That might protect lives and property, which may have to happen. But you're not going to do anything to change what's in people's hearts. That happens all the time. See, now, the reason why I don't fully understand this is because, again, like, I didn't live through the women's rights movements. But that's something that, why it changed over time. Women's equality. And as, and as far as I'm concerned, there's no racial inequality anymore. And I've lived through that. I've seen, you know, when I was in high school and, and a little bit prior to me, like when, my, when uh, you know, there were, there were race riots in high schools in the 70s. You know, I lived through that. There were racial issues back in the day. Back in the day. There are no racial issues now. Over time, things have changed. I don't believe there's racial inequality now. Absolutely not. I think this is going to create it. And I don't believe in t- I don't believe in all the the movie stars and actresses and actors and ball players that are that are, that are jumping on the bag wagon and trying to make this an issue. It's just not there. They're just creating something that's just de- dis- de- distracting from the real issue. Something has to be done over really over time. You know, time time heals all wounds. They say right. So this is a time matter, and I don't think in my lifetime I will see this type of anger this type of public sentiment decrease I don't think I will in my lifetime you know maybe my kids will I don't know and that's why I'm that's why I have all these mixed emotions about it because this is this is very serious it's across the country it's spreading worldwide it's very serious and I don't I don't see it getting better and I don't have an answer for you and I'm sorry that maybe I'm wasting your your, your time right now you know you know blabbering about this I'm just kind of, I guess, getting it off my chest, you know, commiserating a little bit or something. 
I just, I wish, I wish I had an answer, and I hope somebody does come up with the answer. But it ain't LeBron James, I'll tell you that. Now, as far as the other issue with COVID, what I'm scared about that, not the disease per se, because I know there's nothing we can do about that. Hopefully, they'll come up with a vaccine, and by the time it's it's good to go, the the virus didn't COVID uh, um, mutate 20 times, and and the, uh, the the original vaccine is irrelevant or ineffective. So. You know, I, I don't know, but I don't feel too comfortable about that. But what I'm concerned about is mainly, is more so, is the the economic devastation that's coming our way for the next, I'd say, five years. And again, I'm not an economist or financial, whatever. I have no experience in that. I just, you know, I've never lived through something like this. You know, I've never seen such, you know, financial devastation. This isn't just a Black Monday stock market crisis you know where, where stockbrokers are jumping off the building you know this is something that's affecting the the american economy and worldwide economies i don't think there's any coming back you know coming back from this i mean even at the lower the, lo- the lower level like the minimum wage workers there's no jobs for them pizza hut just announced that they're going bankrupt they're closing all their stores pizza hut's been around for what 60 years i don't know 70 years you know Sears is done. I mean, we saw that writing on the wall. Well, that was the whole internet thing, right? Sears is done. So many other restaurants are done. The hospitality industry is done. You know, um, the, these, these restaurants and bars and delis that were neighborhood staples for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years are now closed for business. They're, they're vacant. So now I think the first thing to crash is the commercial real estate market. Those greedy landlords and uh, have been, you know, they've been greedy for years, living off the fat of the land, and now they have vacant, you know, strips, you know, strip centers with, you know, seven to twenty stores, you know, and the big anchor stores like Sears, right? Every every mall in America has a Sears on one end and what a Macy's on the other, or J.C. Penney, J.C. Penney, I think is gone, right? They're done. Sears is done. Macy's is, I think they're only keeping their flagship store in Manhattan, I think. And Amazon, as great as they're doing, they can, they can only rent so many buildings and put up so many new fulfillment centers and so many new tech tech centers or, or customer service centers. They can't they can't they can't uh, uh, lease every empty Sears in America, you know. And it's funny there was before COVID, uh, when Sears was already like the writing was on the wall, Sears was done. There was one Sears in my there were two Sears in my area. One already was done. And I think an AMC movie theater went went in there and look at it, look at the movie theaters. They're done too. You know, so look, there's no so for the the the, the salaried employee, there's no jobs. And look for employees in general, look, if anything, COVID taught us right away, COVID decided who's essential, non-essential. Right? That must have hurt. But just now and look at management in general too. For example, now now first of all, now people are allowed to work at home and finally companies are realizing that they can get the work done with people working remotely they finally swallowed that pill companies hated doing that they were very insecure over the years they wanted every you know their management their managers were ineffective so they needed 20 guys and 20 of their people in front of them that they could micromanage because they were ineffective managers and now obviously they don't have a choice so now one manager instead of managing you know, 10 to 20 employees in front of him at the office of the factory, he's now managing them. He can now manage 50, 60 people remotely with Zooms. So we don't need half the managers anymore, right? 
And we don't probably need many employees anymore who are working remotely from home, right? Because now the person who's working remotely from home, they're not commuting into Manhattan like a schmuck two hours each way. Now they're home in Westchester chilling and they're doing probably 1.5 or 2.5 times the work, meaning the work of two and a half people. So what is that going to tell the company that we can get rid of one and a half people? You know, 1.5% of our workforce. Or whatever the case may be, you don't know, do the math, I don't know, whatever. Right? So, you know, this, these, these, we haven't even seen the trickle effects yet of this. So middle management's done, right? The front lines are going to be cut to a minimum. We're already seeing that. And the ones, like I said, that are living fat at home, you know, do, on, on doing remote stuff, they're going to be cut too pretty soon. You know, because what they're going to do is they're going to take the better performers that have been performing at home, that have been taking their jobs seriously at home, instead of drinking wine until 12 and, and then, then getting on their computer to do work. They're going to get rid of those. Those people that were trying to skate and buy a little bit at home. They're going to get rid of those. There's going to be a culling of the herd, a culling of the remote herd. All right, so uh, the workforce is being cut drastically. The cost, there is no more customers. There are no more customers, right? You know, everybody's ordering online. You know, people don't want to go into stores anymore. They want to wait. You know, so many people still to this day, they even yesterday I was, I was watching them at a Panera. People are pulling up. They won't even walk in to get their cup of coffee. Even with all the COVID precautions. They want to sit in their car, watch somebody from Panera come out, put their cup of coffee on a table six feet away from their car and then when the employee goes back into the you know pressure locked front door of Panera they're gonna then exit their space vehicle and go get their cup of coffee in their spacesuit right I still see people driving by themselves in a car with a mask on right it's absurd but this is where we're going now the answer to this I mean if you didn't see the writing on the wall with the internet prior to COVID that you know retail's kind of done you know working working you know tr- commuting two hours each way like an idiot done there's no need for it if you didn't see it then prior to COVID I know you see it now and hopefully you when COVID started you you know instead of just being shocked and angry and bitching and moaning about your, your unemployment or your stimulus check hopefully you were starting to figure out that things are changing and you need to change along with it you need to you know start looking for another job a remote job an online teaching job whatever the case may be pick up some new skills you know you need to get prepared because it's going to get worse it will get it will get better at some point but it's definitely in this case it's going to get much worse before it gets better and and the way to do that is again preparing yourself you know, make yourself more marketable, make yourself more valuable. It's a whole different world right now. And now you need to also, you know, become more of a minimalist, right? You know, you need to, you know, I mean, I know, I know how can you save money when you're, when you're unemployed or when you're waiting for a check, but you need to not to stop your spending, Right? So, you know, maybe now is a good time to to sell your house in a highly dense population 
where the COVID, you know, this COVID virus is going to maybe come big. Everyone says it's going to come back in the, in the fall and maybe even worse because it might have been mutated, right? So, you know, maybe now's a good time to, you know, to leave Detroit, Chicago, Manhattan. People already left Manhattan. Manhattan's a ghost town. They all went out east. You know, so the so the the, the, the housing market on Long Island is booming. And now's a great time to sell your house on Long Island as long as you get the hell off the island and go to, you know, a nice little suburb in Iowa that's, you know, less densely populated and rent a house or rent... Maybe you don't want to rent an apartment or a condo because, again, you don't want to be moving from one dense area to an area where there's now more people. So, you know, it would be a bad idea to sell your house in Garden City or Stony Brook and go rent a house in, you know, Fort Dodge, Iowa or Ames, Iowa or Wichita, Kansas or, not, you know, or outside Knoxville, Tennessee. Right? That's not, not a bad idea. And, 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 and work from home. Work remotely. Because that's where we're going to, right? Remote jobs. So, you know, start thinking about that. Now's a good time to get that house, to get the balance of your mortgage off your credit. Possibly put some cash in the bank, because you know you're going to need it in the next six months to two years. If you have equity in your house, guess put some cash in the bank. And go rent. Get a job, a remote job, where you can rent and live a simple life. And don't lease a new, you know, BMW 5 Series, you know. Go lease, uh, you know, save yourself 200 bucks a month or 300 bucks a month if that's what it takes. If you even need a car, I mean, if you're working from remote, remotely, do you really need a car? Do you need three cars? I mean, you know, people, you have to start thinking like this. If you didn't, you really should have started thinking about this years ago. But, you know, now is definitely better late than never. Now's the time. So that, I mean, you know... Regarding the financial devastation that we're, that's ahead of us, I think there are things we can do. And, and I think we should start doing those. You know, you know, you have to make yourself more marketable. You got to find that remote job. You know, minimize your, your you know, get, get rid of the, the excess financial fat in your life. You know, do what you can. Because my friends, when, you know, when the shit hits the fan, I mean, look, what do they do when, uh, you know, when a ship is sinking, right? In the old days, what they do? They got rid of uh, all the, you know, I don't know, the stuff they could throw over the side. In essence, that's where we're at right now, you know, because we're, you know, we're taking on water. Without a doubt, we are taking on water. Everybody, from rich to the poor, we're taking on water. And you got to get rid of the excess, uh, excess weight, excess baggage. Thanks for listening. This is Angelo Q. Have a great day.